trust in money remains the bedrock of stability. The soul of money is trust. I, I think we are not paying sufficient attention to the law of unintended consequences. In the immortal words of the doors, the time to hesitate is through. Jesse, how's it going, man? Yes. Good. Really what's, well. What's happening? Uh, beautiful sunny day here and um, had, a, had a swim in the ocean. That always, always makes for a nice day. It does. You never regret a swim in the ocean or, yeah. I guess, in a pool, but certainly not in the ocean. You know? Yeah. Thanks for, scare, thanks for spending some of your scarce time, finite energy, telling us the tale of how you discovered Bitcoin, man. It's... Um, it's a pleasure to have you on. I heard you on Two Bit Idiots um, with Hats and Brendo. Sadly, dearly departed, Two Bit Idiots. Um, but uh, that was such a cool chat, man. That was a really mind um, mind bending chat, given given the context, the greater context with which you come at Bitcoin. And I find that really fascinating. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So I've got to ask you then: How did you discover Bitcoin? Yeah, uh, well, I knew this question was coming, so uh, <laughs> had, a, had a good think about that um, prior to this conversation. Um, it's interesting because, like, the implication of the question is that you've uncovered everything, almost everything there is to know. Like, if you say, how did you discover something, it's almost like, how did you know everything about that? But really... Uh, discovering bitcoins like kicking your toe on a on a something sticking out of the ground, and then you start digging, <laughs> you know. Um, and then before long, you're still digging, and you and you're uncovering more, and you're digging, you know. Like uh, it's kind of like uh, archaeology to a degree, uh, I reckon. Uh, discovering Bitcoin, and um, so yeah, in, in my case. Um, I heard about Bitcoin uh, several times. This is I, I've, I've heard this a lot, but I um, I heard about Bitcoin several times before I did anything about finding out more about Bitcoin. Um, and uh, probably the first instance of hearing about it was 2013, 2014, probably. Um, and and it was a like oh, I must find out more kind of thing. And then life is busy and lots of stuff going on, and head was full of other junk and. Um, then heard it again and, um, people talking about it and a friend talking about it and I'm like, got to do something about that. And, uh, yeah. And so then, um, yeah, my, my dipping my toe in the water of actually buying some didn't start till, uh, 2017. So, and then that like, I kind of like, dusted off the top of a bone <laughs> at that point and um you know kick, kick my toe and and dust my the bone you know dusted off or dug a little bit of the bone out of the ground and little as i know there's a lot more underneath <laughs> underneath and but it dinosaur. started the journey <laughs> yeah that's it 
<laughs> that seems to go on forever. I, I think about it like this. It's um, there's discovering Bitcoin. There is um, getting orange pilled and then there's falling down the rabbit hole. And it's kind of like uh, those three things. And I can, you know, the discovering Bitcoin, I can um, remember that somewhat clearly. That was really um, late, late 2016. And then um, getting orange pilled, um, probably 2020, 2019, 2020. Oh, and then, and then falling down the rabbit hole just came after the orange pill, obviously. Orange pill always leads to the rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, so. Well, maybe the, the, the more pertinent question is like, the, I guess the first order of operations should be, when did you notice Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> when did you brush past and like, what the fuck is that? Um, yeah. I mean, you talk about like having several touch points prior, you know, it, it, it is uh, not unheard of, obviously, in this space. There are rare instances when somebody hears someone talking about Bitcoin, mentioning it, and perhaps they mention it in sufficient detail to actually go, yeah, I'm just going to dump my life savings into that, which is <laughs> um, what Do Not Comply did um, after watching Andreas Antonopoulos on Rogan, wow. which is nuts, you know, to think about. But he'd done all of this prior work sort of thing, so he was kind of almost primed for it, whereas most people, they're not considering any of the concepts embedded within bitcoin yeah. and what what bitcoin sort of contains yeah. i guess and so when you have that first touch point you're like oh yeah cool and then you move on with your day you know yeah and it's interesting that you said so um your first um transaction with respect to to acquiring some was like 2017 but then you didn't get orange pilled until around 2020 which is pretty yeah. pretty cool to think about. So I'd like to pull on that thread a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, for starters, I came to Bitcoin <clears throat> without any understanding of firstly investing. I think I came to oh, like I came to Bitcoin because I wanted to to be good with money. Um and you know, I thought about shares, but then the whole shares and stock market thing just seemed like there's heaps of big players and like I could, I'd be like a tadpole swimming on a, you know, on a tidal wave, you know what I mean? And so, um, I just thought to myself, but this, there's this new emerging thing, um, that could possibly be an investment, a way to invest money or learn how to invest money. Um, so maybe that was a good start. And so that probably drew me. And then it was, relatively easy to buy a bitcoin and at that point uh, you know uh it was sitting on an exchange <laughs> yeah so when i bought bitcoin i really bought an i really had an iou <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, but, difference yeah yeah that's it so um yeah uh and then like over the next few years, I started, I had this real desire to learn about money and I was reading about money and, and a whole, whole bunch of things. Um, I came from, and, uh, I know, you know, this, but your listeners might not, I came from a background where I was a pastor. I'd been a Christian for, I don't know, 15 or 18 years. And I was basically giving my, as a pastor, 
you kind of give up your life a little bit, like not give up your life a little bit, you give up your life a lot. Um, And so that means, you know, you don't get paid very well. You work a lot of hours, all your spare time is involved in church. And so I came out of that um, with, with no money and, 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 and not a lot of stuff. And so, uh, or not a lot to show for my life. Um, And so I just, uh, and I came out and I'm like, right now, that I've got, I've spent all these years and have nothing. I want, I want to try and get some of that back. I want to try and get, like, I want to get good with money. I want to learn about that because I just dismissed all that and thought that would just come to me by accident. And um, and so I started doing a lot of reading um, about people who are wealthy. I, I read Warren Buffett's book, oh, the his the biography, um, the Snowball, and um, what else? I just read heaps of books, you know millionaire mindset um whole, whole bunch of books intelligent investor mm-hmm. all that all that kind of stuff um trying to understand the psyche of of people who are wealthy um and that really started to teach me about um investing and so then um i started looking at the charts and i know you're not so much into trading but like i started looking at the charts of bitcoin and um bought bitcoin in 2017 obviously a massive bull run by the end. I bought it literally the 5th of January, uh, 2017 and, you know, just went on the wild ride all the way up to the end of, um, of December and I, and never having invested money or put money into anything, watching your money do this. And then you're like, okay, now what do I do? Do I sell it? And if I sell it, what, what do I do now? Like, you know, also uh, I'm a genius. This is fucking great. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, and I've just bumbled my way through that experience. Um, you know, coming into 2018, um, I saw the big blow off top and I'm looking at the charts and I'm like, and then someone, I was in a chat somewhere and someone posted the um, Wall Street um, cheat sheet, which is essentially the psychology of a market cycle. And, you know, it's like, you know, uh, greed, euphoria, ex- you know, excitement if euphoria, and then the and then then it has the blow off top, and it's like doubt, and it's like no, it's all going to be okay, and then you get the double the bounce, the dead cat bounce, mm-hmm. and then you get another another the, drop, and it's like what are they disbelief the and bull and bear traps. They're they're the ones traps. Yes, yeah, you got to be yep. mindful of yeah. And so, and then they overlaid the 27, 2017 bull run on top of that, and I'm like, holy shit, this. This, you know, like example chart of of Wall Street uh, emotions looks exactly like the Bitcoin. And so I'm like, I wonder what's happened prior to this peak. So I just like zoomed back on the chart and I'm like, oh, there's another peak that looks like the 2017 peak. And then I scroll further back and I'm like, and I went, something's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> something's going on here. And so then through 2018, 2019, I just like kept my finger on the pulse, had money in it. And I just kept my finger on the pulse. What's going on here? Something's going on. And um, continue to do a lot of reading on investing and, and, and money and stuff like that. And then... Were you, um, can I just interrupt? Sorry. Were you allocating yep. capital elsewhere as well at the time? Like finger on the pulse and the Bitcoin thing yep. perhaps wasn't um, uh, interesting enough for you to yep. dive down the rabbit hole. So you were still learning that investment mindset as opposed to... Yeah, and I and also had business. So, like, I started the cafe that we have uh, um, that we've talked about, and I, we accept Bitcoin at that cafe. Um, I started that in twenty, or we we 
um, kicked that off in 2019. So it's around that time. Also have another business on the side. I've got an app development business on the side. So that was 2017. So those things were taking up my time and I was, you know, putting money here and there, you know. So, um, yeah, there were, you know, I wasn't like this, I've just got to put everything into into Bitcoin. It was like I've got money to go different places and I've got to nurture different things. So, so um, yeah, it was Bitcoin wasn't my full focus. Uh, but it was definitely always like something's up with Bitcoin and I was just buying chunks of it through the bear market and then 2020 hit and um uh we all know what happened in 2020 in march and uh, i just read like i said i'd read um warren buffett's the snowball and he has that saying when people are fearful be greedy and when people are greedy be fearful and so and i just witnessed uh, you know the bull market in bitcoin and all of these things are coming together and here was this massive fearful moment everyone was freaking out and I just went, and I just watched Bitcoin dive, and I went, "This is it. <laughs> this is the moment, you know." And in. so, and then yeah, so and that really that kind of was the orange pill moment. And then from that point on, probably started like read read Safadine, um, read the price. Well, I read the price of tomorrow without really. I didn't even realize there was Bitcoin references in the book. There's a he has a. A couple of paragraphs about There's Bitcoin, not many, but and it was only late. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I read that book without um, actually not knowing it had anything to do with Bitcoin. And then I'm like listening to all these podcasts um, with um, with Jeff Booth, and and I'm like, oh, I've read that book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, had to had to read it again. But um, yeah, uh, and then so just all of that stuff. Definitely, um, Safadine was really good. Then I was like, okay, Bitcoin is fucking sound money like and it's the soundest money we've ever had so okay he said he's just one guy who and then i got into somehow got on i got into his podcast and listened to greg foss greg i just happened on an episode with him and greg foss and i'm like here's this bond trader now saying this is the best this is the your your insurance against it's a just, failing. It's just math, guys. System. It's eleventh grade. Yeah, it's math. just math. Yeah, and yeah. Everyone's a <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and so, um, Greg Foss, like, and his passion and his excitement, really, I was like, okay, okay, there's another guy. And then, um, yeah, um, breed love, and then the. Um, and then the series with Sailor. And the series with Sailor was it. That was like, there's no going back after Sealed that. the deal, huh? You just, just yeah. kick you down that rabbit hole. Off you go. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that uh, I remember that March drawdown. I think it was March 12, something like that. It was a Friday in Australia. Yeah. And um, I think at that time, I was only just starting to discover Bitcoin Twitter. And yeah. I think that was one of the most entertaining days I've ever had. On that, oh, on wow. that website, like just seeing the memes come out. There was this one meme. I don't know who posted it. it might have been Merrick Hoddle, but it was uh, you yeah. know Jon Snow when he's taking on that massive um, army. Um, <clears throat> I think it's the Flayed Army, whatever. It's just him standing there, yeah. and this this entire army's just bearing down on him. And it was sort of like that was what it was like to hodl that day. Yeah, just, wow. <laughs> everything's just crashing around you and going to shit effectively wow. but you've got all these john snow hodlers just like defiantly standing there and just being like 
you're not getting it. It's not happening. I'm not yeah. selling. I don't care what happens. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a wild day. I didn't I, like. I didn't get onto Bitcoin Twitter until, uh, or I didn't get onto Twitter. I mean, I've been on Twitter as a pastor and a churchy because um, they were into it back in the day. Um, but I, um, so I had an account, but um, then, yeah, for as far as Bitcoin research and getting involved in the Bitcoin community, probably didn't get into it till midway through last year maybe so or maybe early last year actually yeah just started poking around the edges and you know spying on stuff so i missed i missed all the good stuff by the sounds (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i don't know man i don't know it's just bear market things i think but um yeah the the whole um i guess just wanting to learn you obviously had a pain point there obviously you know you come out of 15, 18 years roughly of, of giving up your yeah. life effectively for this um, uh, religion, right? You know, Christianity mm. is sort yeah. of devoted your entire existence and being to this thing only to have it come crashing down. And, you know, we don't need to go into the detail. You guys can go off and listen to Two Bit Idiots. I think you did a stellar yeah. job on that. That was just a phenomenal um, listen. But... Um, yeah, just turn around and be like, well, what have I got to show for any of that work? Where's the proof of work? You yeah. know, and um, I guess that was a fairly significant pain point to push you to yeah. become an autodidact and start learning, you know, yeah. the things you needed to learn. So it's curious, though, that you still sort of saw it as an investment until that 2020 period, the drawdown, Warren Buffett in the back of your mind, you know, being f- being greedy when others are fearful, blood in the streets, all of that. And then yeah. that, what did you, did you, was there, a, was there an aha moment? I mean, going back actually, what, what was the aha moment to actually make that initial transaction where you're like, oh, all right. Or was it just a, a simply like, I'll just allocate a little bit of capital here. And the aha moment didn't actually come until, as you say, you went through reading the books and then the sailor series and those sort of things. Yeah. Um, like is like we've already like we've already talked about. It's like kicking the kicking the little thing that's sticking out of the ground. Really, mm. everything just every step just uncovers the next step, and you think, "How can I have another aha moment?" But sure enough, you you end up having another one. And so, um, yeah, I literally put some money in. I I made myself a resolution in 2016 to get involved in Bitcoin, and and for me. Um, I loved internet. I was fascinated by internet business and how the internet was revolutionizing things. And, um, and so like my ears pricked every time I heard about Bitcoin, my ears definitely pricked. And I'm like, what's this internet money thing? Cause that just fascinated me, that concept. And, um, so that was, that kind of was the, the sugar around the rabbit hole or whatever, whatever it is, you know, the, 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 the little, uh, the leader around the the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there, but then, um, everything just tends, you, you know, from your own experience and I'm sure listeners who are listening to this and, uh, who are into Bitcoin. And if you haven't got into Bitcoin, this will be part of your experience. The more you get in, the more you get drawn in, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really, I honestly haven't really come across. There's a few of the, some OGs, I guess, that I hear about on podcasts and stuff like that. They get into Bitcoin and they fuck off into shitcoining. And, um, <laughs> but like, honestly, one, I honestly feel like once you get it, you, you can't stop <laughs> getting yeah. it. Your, your mind has expanded 
it's stretched yeah. such that it's never going back to its original form. I don't know original, who originally yeah. said that, Emerson or something, but yeah, like yeah. it's leveling up. It we were sort of um it is. talking about this a little while ago, you know, with respect to um I don't know, certain types of foods or experiences that you have. Um and once you once you taste a, a certain level of quality, there's no going back. Like you just you like, can't yeah. forget it. You you know, and when you when you are confronted with a certain, say, substandard level of quality that you you've become accustomed to, you just yeah. like that. I mean, that's that's where um that's where connoisseurship comes from, and you know, yeah, being a snob, I suppose. <laughs> but like, so you're you're saying that Bitcoiners are connoisseurs of uh, hard money, <laughs> Ooh, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin is the connoisseurship like of 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 um, economics, maybe. Economics, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, it's 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 wild, man. So, why do you think we we may have even touched on this a little bit? But why do you think you are open to this idea of Bitcoin, particularly in that twenty twenty orange pilling moment where you're okay, really going down the rabbit hole now? You've sort of read enough to begin to understand this thing such that you've, you know, literally started to in, accept it at your, at your cafe, um, Rise mm. Mofo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which would be yep. cool, to, cool to touch on later on. But, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's a big leap. Yeah. I think um, I was open to discovering it because um, it's a good question. Um, I, I definitely, so I came from this Christian worldview. And so the Christian worldview is um, I'm nothing without Jesus. So you're, it's very self-deprecating. And what it does is it breeds victimhood. Like it's like it kind of sounds icky to say it, but it actually breeds victimhood as a method of codependency. Like if, if, you, if you feel like you're nothing and without Jesus, then you're codependent on a system that feeds you Jesus, if that makes sense. And so, uh, so I could see coming out of Christianity, I could see how I was a victim. Like I, I allowed myself to be a victim and I told myself a victim's narrative. Um, and the other thing that I could see was uh, forms of authority didn't have, I, th I trusted that forms of authority had my best interest at heart. Um, but in that microcosm of Christianity, uh, and coming out of it, I could see that they didn't. And so then fast forward to COVID <laughs> and then, and then even greater than that, um, fast forward to starting to look at governments and, um, and world systems, I, 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 like I wasn't going to trust everyone that easily um, anymore. <laughs> and and Bitcoin, the more I learned about Bitcoin, it gave me the opportunity to do that, to not have to tr trust other people um, for my own sense of self and purpose and, um, well, Money is how we exist in the world. It's how we can relate to one another. It's our value. It's our tool for measuring value. 
Um, and our time, ultimately our time, as you say, in the beginning of this podcast, we've all got finite time. Mm. And so Bitcoin is the truest measurement of our finite time on this planet. It's the, and so, uh, I guess once you start to, once you start to see that and you see systems and structures that try to steal or, or hoodwink you, um, then it's easy to just see that Bitcoin is the solution or the bridge away from that. It is easy to see it once you do see it, but you do have to work quite hard uh, to see it. Uh, I mean, generally speaking, um, particularly if you come from that world of, yeah, thinking that, you know, certain authorities, whether they're micro or macro, have uh, your best interests at heart. And you don't really give it a second thought, really. It's just like that's. I don't know, you just grow up thinking that and it's not really, like it doesn't take a heck of a lot of critical analysis to, to go, how is that even possible that they could have my best interests at heart? They don't even know mm. who the fuck I am. Like I'm just a yeah, number, yeah. a tax file number or whatever it is for them. Uh, or, 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 you know, like it may be a first name basis at the congregation or something like that. But I mm. mean... Yeah, it, it, it doesn't take a heck of a lot of critical analysis, but because I guess there's no real incentive to, yeah. to do that, you sort of, you don't really, you know, do that. I guess um, that whole codependent thing, it's interesting the, the, the Christianity aspect of that because a lot of Bitcoiners that um, are sort of turning towards Christianity, whether they've come back to it or um, rediscovered or you know, whatever it is, um, I would have I would have thought that there'd be a little bit more. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like a way of thinking about um, Christianity and having cultivating that relationship. I've always thought that you could potentially cultivate a peer to peer relationship with God, so to speak. Um, mm. I'm not too religious at all. Uh, never have been, yep. but. I feel like if I was to ever go down that path that I would need to have no intermediaries. It would just be pure peer-to-peer. -peer. You yep. just grab the book, read it as you like, and um, kind of figure it out yep. as you go. You don't need to have a trusted third that's, party. That's, that's kind of what the printing press did for Christianity, though. Like prior to Christianity, you kind of had one denomination, that was the Catholic Church. And then post the printing press – it just breaks out into tens of thousands of denominations with all their own, because essentially now people can read the Bible for themselves. Like they can get a copy and they can read it for themselves. That's what happened. And so, you know, you, you're kind of right. Like, uh, but still to a degree using um, tactics of obfuscation, uh, Christianity continue to evolve and keep people codependent. Um, and so it, no matter what kind of sect or, or, um, version of Christianity came out of the various, uh, you know, out of the printing press, you know, um, still there's that kind of tribal, uh, and then hidden in that tribal people, like kind of, uh, confirmation, but not confirmation bias, probably they, they discount any kind of weird things that are going on. Oh, yeah, that's okay. They've got my best interest at heart, just as a desire to belong to a tribe. It's almost like survivorship um, bias. 
So it is, it is most definitely. To um, and I think, uh, I think at the very heart of humanity, we want to, we want acceptance and belonging like deep, deep within us. And so any kind of group that makes us feel um, accepted and belonging, we can kind of discount a lot of the, the, you know, the misgivings of that group or whatever they do uh, for the, the currency of belonging. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but then the thing is if you have economic sovereignty and the ability to store the product of your labor over space and time into the future, yep. therefore mitigating some of that uncertainty, you free yourself up from, I guess, a, a certain scale of codependency to the point where you could yep. actually just say, fuck off if you don't agree with anything yep. and who gives a shit whether you're a part of the group or not. Cause you just like, it doesn't matter. Like I'll just take my bat and ball and go over here yep. and I've still got my economic yep. sovereignty and all the rest of it. So it's like, uh, as we were saying before, just seeing that capacity that Bitcoin allows whereby you can, um, mitigate that future uncertainty and that you're not as reliant upon this culture that you found yourself a part of in whatever form that is, yeah. whether it's a church or a workplace environment, potentially even a family. Like, you know, we were talking mm. to Marcel Lorraine from um, uh, Bitcoin Data a few episodes back, like early doors, episode six or something. And she was talking about women in Africa and how they've discovered economic sovereignty to the point where if they're in an abusive relationship, they just take their, their wallet and, and, and leave and, and they don't have to yeah. worry about being codependent in that violent situation. It's yep. remarkable to think about Bitcoin from that, uh, from that angle, I think. And I think definitely like, um, in a, in a government, like belonging to a society that wants to make you codependent and, and stuff like that. I think Bitcoin definitely, um, really works on, on that level. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what evolves and, you know, I love what's going on in El Salvador and stuff like that, but it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, governments deal with uh, people and then how people respond to being dealt with in such a way and whether people opt into other um, governments or whether um, governments break down into smaller governments. We've, I've read The Sovereign Individual and I love the thesis um, that, you know, it's kind of minimising government. Actually, uh, um yeah, I was I was at a meetup here the other day on uh, on the coast, and a guy at the um, meetup was saying he's been to El Salvador, and he was saying, and he's just big into El Salvador. He just bangs on about it all the time. He's like, um, some kind of statistic, like El Salvador's gone from five hundred and twenty mayors down to twenty seven mayors, like the local government side of, because it's just inefficient, you know, like it's just creating more efficiencies, <laughs> and uh, and I'm like. I can't verify that fact. I didn't, I didn't check it, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Like it doesn't surprise me if that's the case. And I, and I can see a day where that possibly happens. Um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, just giving people the ability to um, opt out, say no. I mean, we've discussed yep. this on the pod a number of times is the, that power of saying no to someone, to something is super underrated really. Um, yeah. just being able to say, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then yep. have the wherewithal, as I said, the economic sovereignty to, um, up and leave, so to speak, you know, whether that's, 
to a whole other country or to a whole other state or whatever. I mean, it's an interesting situation we have here in Australia where, you know, effectively there's no um, real difference between we have state governments. They're a complete and utter waste of time and energy, um, you know, but uh, <laughs> and it's not like you can just escape to Queensland or go over to the to Western Australia yep. or whatever. Like they're all pretty much cut from the same cloth. Um, there's no uh, no real advantages or disadvantages, but um, unlike say America, uh, as an example. Yep. But um, certainly, yeah, you're right. Just it'd be interesting to see how that all unpacks and unfolds. And I think uh, the more people become Bitcoiners, and let's face it, people become Bitcoiners every single day. And net net, yep. there's more Bitcoiners this time last year than there was last year and then the next year and the year after that and so on and so forth. And that's how it will go. And mm. there's nothing anybody can do about it. And so if you get Bitcoiners in those sorts of, arenas of local government state government federal government whatever it is that's going to be um that's going to be a pretty uh pretty cool thing to watch i think yeah you know yep and then people it'll give people an opportunity to vote with their feet genuinely vote with their feet and and their cold wallet <laughs> <laughs> yeah man capital flight it's very underrated another one you know power to yeah. say no and just uh and just fly away with your capital it's um yeah, yeah, it's powerful. Drain, yeah. drain the beast. How has discovering Bitcoin changed you? Um, I think, like you've touched on it a little bit earlier, I think definitely uncertainty about the future. It's really kind of calmed any of that anxiety. Um, it's amazing when you lower your time preference. Uh, how the future, <laughs> how the future just becomes more bright. Um, so that's one of the one of the biggest things like i don't i don't know how people exist like it's it's hard to explain but like how do you exist with an uncertainty of the future day in and day out living in the fiat world like with a big stick hanging over your head how like there's a better way to live and Bitcoin uncovers that uh, I think for you. Do it as entertainment, and... man. Um, like, like seriously, I think they're almost just so browbeaten that they just do it as entertainment. Like, I mean, me personally, I used to watch the news. I used to keep up to date with the politics, which side was doing mm. what, who said when. Man, I used to even watch Question Time as entertainment because I was that much of a fucking loser, <laughs> right? And I thought oh, it was wow. like it was like I'm I'm participating in the thing, right? And it's not mm. really until oh, discovering Bitcoin, whatever. Like you just go, oh, this is all just Hollywood for ugly people. This is theater. Yeah, this is garbage. This is yeah. nonsense. But there's no if unless you get that incentive to see beyond the six o'clock news and to see beyond the seven thirty report and see beyond like. I was thinking about this the other day, Sunday nights, right? You've got like your, your whole afternoon's planned, the footy's on, right? You sit back, you watch the footy, nothing wrong with watching the footy, whatever, that's cool. Six o'clock rolls on, you got the six o'clock news and then it goes bang into like a current affair or like 60 minutes or some shit. And it's like yeah. the start of the week, the doom and the gloom on your mm -hmm. chilled out Sunday evening. And it's just like this fiat, fuck you, 
you're, we're just going to stress you out from the start of the week because tomorrow's Monday and you got to go in and work again. So like have fun, staying poor and dumb. I'm like poor. seriously, it's just like <laughs> when you think about it, it's fucking evil. But to sit back yeah. and on the couch and legitimately take it seriously, oh, I've got to stay up late because it's Quanda night and I've got to figure out what the nation is thinking. It's like Jesus, hate Christ. This is just yeah. a waste of time. Sorry, I've ranted too long. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, the way to keep people uh, impoverished is to keep feeding them uh, an Im- imagery that they are impoverished. And so that's that's all that that whole mass media bullshit is. Uh, it's really to keep people fearful. And uh, I mean, you probably know a little bit about the brain, but essentially the amygdala or the lizard brain, um, once it's hijacked, once it's activated, the rest of your prefrontal cortex goes offline. You cannot, if you're on a roller coaster, you cannot ride a sonnet. (laughs) When you're upside down on a roller coaster, your brain, your prefrontal cortex is offline. You're in fear. And so your body's just trying to figure out how to stay alive. It's that and so, final flight. It's just shutting everything down yeah. and just we've got to concentrate on getting through this loop. Yeah. yeah. So that's what the mass media have learned how to use. They've had, learned how to hijack your amygdala so that you keep your prefrontal cortex turned off. Yeah. Essentially. And scared if you don't stay up to date with the thing either because there yeah. could be some information that may help you make better decisions to get you out of this pickle or whatever it is instead of just yeah. shutting it all off completely. And letting that prefrontal yeah. cortex come online again and be like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. All of that was just Critical noise. awareness. <laughs> yeah. Critical awareness, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. So, I mean, yeah. the, and there's, I guess there's parallels a little bit to, to sort of that codependency you were mentioning earlier with regards to um, Christianity. Yeah. People become codependent on the governments, codependent on the mass media. It's just high level. One of the... One of the things I notice coming out of church is it's like this little small version of the big version of the world. I, I like backed out of it and then I looked at the world and I'm like, holy crap, this is a big version of what I've just come out of. Like, <laughs> Oh, wow. So, so you know, uh, I was just distracted in this little thing and now we've got a big version. You know, it was a little bit scary to be honest because I'm, I was, I like, I'm like, okay, I'm getting out of a cult. And then I zoom out. I'm like, this is just one big fucking cult. Like, <laughs> oh wow, gosh. So, so I guess it's liberating then to have done the proof of work to to kind of begin to understand yeah. this thing, Bitcoin. It's kind of like you've shaken you're shaking off all these layers. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and like, there's that hope. I like the hope word sounds so cheesy. I like I hate to use it, but there's no other word like. But it's the genuine hope. Um, it's the bridge. It's the, you know, it's the lifeboat, whatever you want to call it. It's the thing that um, gets us away from the thing that is fucking all our lives up. <laughs> it's as simple as I can put it. Yeah, it, it so, sounds like it does. I mean, you know, Bitcoin is hope, blah, blah, blah. It sounds cheesy. But it, but what, what is there without, like, what, what's the point? Um, yeah. if, if you don't have hope for anything and why bother even, um, I can't, what I, I can't remember where I heard this the other day, but like to teach is to believe in the future, right? Now, 
you could sort of like, okay, define teaching, but like, let's just say now on this podcast, you and I are just having a chat and I'm just going to upload it to the internet. And maybe there's someone out there that, you know, is bored enough to want to have a listen to me and you have a, have a conversation apparently there's a, a lot of them actually, like I've <laughs> learned this year, which is phenomenal, blows my mind. But the point is that we're in well, a they're, way, they're all, <laughs> their alternative is 60 minutes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could compete so, with Charles Woolley any day. Don't worry about you that. You can. <laughs> um, you know, but like in a way, in our own little way, we're sort of teaching whether or not we're teaching each other. We're certainly learning from each other. I'm certainly learning from you. And then I guess other people will be learning from this conversation. So in a way that's teaching. And so if you're bothered to go through with the act of teaching, then you do fundamentally believe in a future that is worth yeah. existing for, acting on, and that sort of thing. And like, well, what yeah. what what is teaching then? So if you think about what teaching is, teaching is, um, or well, error correction. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, yep. so what is Bitcoin? It's the ultimate error corrector. Like. <laughs> Like, I, I can't even, exp like, you know, we can't express how much of an error, you just have to get involved and see, see it error correcting, you know. Uh, well, it's fundamental truth, built, built on mathematics, you know, as far as we know in the universe, uh, the underlying mechanism, mathematics, is unbreakable. So, like, it's built on the most solid foundation in the universe. <laughs> yeah. And to think of it as and, error and corrections, you, like that's, yeah, that's a big idea. Yeah. So, well, that's, I mean, coming back to the printing press, that's what the printing press did. It introduced error correction into the hands of every single person. And so that's what a book is. That's what learning is. Learning is correcting your errors. You could go this way, but there's dangers that way. So go this way. Um, and so I like coming back, bringing it back to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the ultimate error corrector. Mm. Um, so. but it also is dependent on that curious mindset if you don't if you don't have that yep. curious mindset and you're more interested mm. in you know um, confirmation bias survivorship biases all of those cognitive biases that people get caught up in or maybe they just shut everything down and they just don't that it's, it's too it's too brutal i just can't i can't deal with it i just need to to make sure that you know love island's on or something um and and you know, <laughs> like um, shout out Alan Farrington and get you on the pod at some point, but, um, that, that, um, that it's just too difficult to, to, to contend the intractable, intractable realities of existence. It's just all too much. So you just retreat into some fantasy mm. world, whether that's legit true fantasy or, you know, something yeah. like Quandra on a Monday night. <laughs> I used to watch it too, dude. I'm, I'm like, yeah. uh, I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> All that time wasted. Wow. Yeah. Could have been reading big bo Bitcoin books. Um, but yeah, that, that shaking that off. So you've come from like all these different layers to the point where mm. I guess you're now um, becoming an individual, becoming your own person, becoming Jesse with all of the things that yeah. you have in your, in your network. And that you can act upon those things on your own volition as opposed to seeking permission or um, yeah. justification 
from somebody else, something else. Yeah. I think, I think the purpose post-Christianity, like you, so like what part of the drawing or the buy-in of Christianity is like, what happens after this life or what's the purpose of this life? It gives you some kind of purpose for this life. And it's like to, to live in a relationship with God and through Jesus um, is essentially what it is. But um, you know, once, once you kind of realize, um, that some of that is a lot of that is <laughs> most of that is bullshit. <laughs> um, then, well, uh, well, you could articulate that another way. Like my, my experience is now, I think the fullest way that I can live my life is to live true to myself. And a lot of people, um, and this is what draws in Christians. It's like, well, if you're true to yourself, then you'll end up a murderer and you'll end up a thief. And I'm like, actually, that's not me being true to myself. I don't think that's a human being true to themselves. Um, I, like to, to, to be a, to, to go around doing bad things is not really someone going who's living at peace within who they are and saying, I know who Jesse is. He's someone who goes and kills people or someone who goes and causes damage to other people's property. <clears throat> that's not really uh, a true self. A true self-expression by nature generally is generative. And if we look at nature, nature is typically generative. A tree uh, stands there and gives up itself. A dog can piss on it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And by being true to itself, a dog can piss on it and it can also give us fruit. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so um, I don't like for, for myself, I think um, part of this journey for me, and I'm probably preempting a question you're probably likely to ask shortly. Uh, um, <laughs> for me, like Bitcoin really um, takes you on this journey of finding out who you really are and allowing you to make decisions that are true to yourself. And then that further uh, perpetuates the truth of yourself, if that makes sense. It's interesting that Bitcoin... Um, purveys truth and then when you connect yourself to bitcoin it reveals the truth about who you are um which is a spiritual to me is what a spiritual experience is well that's a really important distinction because there is room still for spirituality surely in your life like yeah. i guess this is the thing it's not one and done it's there's there's an element of something bigger than you and I wouldn't be so bold as to suggest that we put a protocol above and beyond ourselves as individuals, but there's like, for me, there's this sort of thing in the world, in the universe, whatever it is, that is, is it means you're, you're a contributor to it. You're a servant of it. You're a, a creator of value to it. And that could be like, your family and um, I don't know if you've got kids or whatever, um, some sort of like far off future. So that means it's, it's all wrapped up in time preference and all these other things. I think about it like in terms of say a football player, superstar football player plays for a club and it, you know, the tendency is that it's all about the football player, but in actual fact, it's about the club. And the football mm -hmm. player is playing for the club and the club is bigger yeah. than the football player and the club can fuck off that football player if that football player, you know, isn't performing yeah. 
or providing the requisite service, like value or whatever it is and, you know, jog on. And, um, it's, it's, it's a similar sort of feeling where you're, you're playing something that's bigger than you. You're contributing something that's bigger than you. And, um, yeah. Bitcoin's like it's a greater than some of its parts. Yeah. To, to thinking that way, I guess. Plus it gives you that yep. economic ability to just actually think about that a little bit longer than five seconds and be like, shit, yep. I've got to get to work. Yep. Yep. That's, that's an awesome thing. Free time. Like I know so, as, as someone who's like got a couple of businesses, got a lot more free time than I had, um, prior to, um, you know, having a fair job, being a pastor, for example, <laughs> fucking worked 80 hours a week, some weeks, you know, and, uh, and then, so no free time, no time to think for myself. Where now, when you start to think for yourself, all of a sudden, um, th there's this free, like the freedom to express yourself and figure out what it is that I truly want to do. My, my, what I want to do is not dependent on getting, putting a roof over my head. What I want to do is truly reflecting who I am. <laughs> like is going to a supermarket and scanning, you know, like working there and scanning people's products, is that a reflection of who someone really is? Is going to a school and um, and cleaning up, you know, the, around after the kids, is that really a true reflection of who that person really is? Is that, and so we, we've created this big monster uh, that doesn't allow us to um, truly reflect who we truly are. And coming back to that whole thing again, I I believe post-Christianity, I believe we're here to figure out who we are, <laughs> you know, who we truly are, who our true selves are, not what the world tells us who we are, not who the government tells us, not who the church tells us who we are. Who do I say that I am? When I look within me, and, and one of the beautiful things that Bitcoin is going to do, if we, when we flip to a Bitcoin standard, and as people have more and more free time, it is going to create such an abundance in people. The free time isn't going to just um, distort them. It's going to uh, refine them, if that makes sense. Totally. I mean, I guess that's coming from two reasonably motivated individuals that yeah. um, are, are wanting to do more with the time allocated to them. Um, I guess there's some mm. people out there. I mean, for, why, why, like, if you want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix or whatever, like, yeah, fine, sweet. I mean, like, that's, that's your prerogative. I mean, there's yeah. there's like five levels to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah. And um, you've got, you know, at base, just your physiological needs, you know, shelter and um, food and water and all that sort of stuff, and then you've got the next level up, which is safety, personal security, mm -hmm. employment, having a couple of resources at hand, your health, a bit of property, etc. And then you get into like love and belonging, friend and friendship and intimacy, then esteem and self-esteem recognition, I guess, from others and so on, freedom and so on. And then the, right at the top, obviously, is self-actualization, which is kind of what you're alluding to just, just yep. before. But it's almost like the state and the uh, certain religious institutions 
pin us down around that sort of second level of safety needs, personal yep. security, yep. and and and, and not I'll, interested I'll, in. I promoting. would say even now, yeah. Well, when you think about real estate in Australia, I think <laughs> even now they're trying to push us down to a push us down one level below. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, you know, for the, for what? Like for it's an you know grief. for control. Yeah, it is. And um, I I I don't know if I've heard this somewhere. Um, but I even had my own revelation of that whole hierarchy of Maslow, um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it Bitcoin essentially helps you transcend the levels. <laughs> yeah. The longer you stay in Bitcoin, the easier it is to transcend the levels. And imagine in three, four, five generations, what that's going to do. Yeah. Like people get to spend more time with their parents. <laughs> They get to marry, like rather than staying in horrible marriages that they hate and oppressive jobs they don't like and mortgages that they don't want to have or countries they don't want to live in, they get to go and do and be what they want to be. And then that happens for generation after generation after generation. What kind of children are those people going to have? What kind of, what kind of a world are we going to have? Um, and that's really the long-term hope. Um, that I see Bitcoin creating, you know, mm. uh, I can see the generative effects happening um, generation after generation. It's like a super um, abundance of optionality. I mean, that's yeah. the whole key, right? Like if you've got optionality, you wake up in the day and you, well, well, like I've got optionality, what am I going to do today? You know, even, even if you have a job or a small business or like whatever it is, you still have fundamentally the optionality to be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to do that today. But, yeah. you know, if you, can, if you can orient yourself such that you actually enjoy um, doing that particular thing so that it gives you even more optionality at a later point, tomorrow, that evening, whatever it is, you know, and then extrapolate that out into the future. It's like we're still going to need people to, to um, well, maybe not, <laughs> check out our groceries at the grocery aisle. I'm one of those people that I refuse to use those those self-serve machines and not because I've just got an abundance of time or anything, but um, I, I love nothing more than going through the, the, the checkout um, and if they, they say, You've got, have you got any bags? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've got my bags. Here you go. Um, and then I wait for them to pack the groceries in the bag and if ever they ask me, like, oh, do you want me to pack them in? And I'm like, yeah, I want you to do all the work because I'm giving you all the money and that's how this thing works. Unless you want to yeah. give me a 5% discount because you're going to do 5% less, then, yeah, you need to do all of the work because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not using those self-checkouts, you know. It's like, hey, I'm yeah. going to keep you in a gig and, and, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm too lazy. You do it. I'm paying you. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. We're still going to need maybe, those maybe, people, you know, to an extent. Yeah. Um, but the fact is that they could listen to a Bitcoin podcast while they're doing it and work on a project in between times and then be like, you know what? I quit. Someone else can stack this shelf because I'm going to go yeah. and do X or whatever. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe they only need to work 20 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Say. And um, so rather than 40 or 50. Um, and so uh, that just gives them more optionality to start learning self-actualizing <laughs> but even like as you just said like and the fact is you could actually stock shelves on a bitcoin standard and be able to increase your purchasing power the following year and mm -hmm. the following year and the following yep. year as the money gets harder and harder and harder to the point where if you're chill with stacking shelves that's 
cool because you could yeah. actually make a decent living out of that, you know? Yeah. Because we're going to need those yeah. people. And at the moment, that's it's such a it, – it's like this thing in hospitality too, like anyone that works for any length of time in hospitality, I'm sure you maybe even get this, except yeah. the fact that you're the business owner. But it's like, um, oh, when are you getting a real job? You know, <laughs> like yeah. kids work in cafes yeah. and stuff. It's like, well, I don't know, man. I enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like, I see that dilemma. And I think part of it is it's, it's a grind. Like if you work in a cafe, now we're going to get into, <laughs> into this as, as a cafe owner. If you work in a cafe, you're fucking there at like six o'clock in the morning. And if the cafe needs to make money, if they, if they buy, abide by the have to rules, they're open till three. And so you're there all day and it's a bloody grind, man. Like that's why it burns through stuff. Mm. And then on top of that, you're serving people and people want to be treated like they're being served. And so there is a stigma. And um, I think like we uh, at my cafe, we treat staff differently. Um, we close at 12 and people fucking hate it. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the punters hate it, but we make enough money and we keep our staff happy. And we've had like, we've got a fully qualified naturopath who worked as a naturopath for a year. And she said, fuck this, this is shit. I'm getting treated like shit. She came back and worked for us in a cafe hmm. because, do you know what I mean? We got, a, we got a, a girl, she was valued, right? And she loved the lifestyle, you know? And uh, she could earn more money being a naturopath, but she'd give up most of her life for it. Um, and we've got a girl who became a qualified nurse while she was working with us, went off to be a, become a nurse. And as she comes back, she said, I just want to work one or two days a week because I love the environment here. And it helps me deal with the environment there. Damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, uh, like, I mean, that's just a shift in people's. But when you're so, I, I, I talk about that. I can do this from a place of luxury. I've got a few, a few different businesses. I'm not a business owner who's, you know, knuckled down in his cafe and can't think, oh, I don't have a, enough emotional um, capacity to think about lots of different things and, and solve complex problems like that. I actually have the opportunity to solve some of those complex problems because I'm not burdened down by the business, mm -hmm. um, which is, a, I mean, that's just a little snippet of what Bitcoin could do. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's just a little snippet. <laughs> yeah. And if you're sufficiently motivated, curious and all those other things, you, you can, yeah. again, it's increasing optionality over time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. even like those staff that were, were that you say had returned or wants to continue working there and so on, it's, it's that increasing of optionalities so that, you know, maybe there's a psychological need that it fulfills or, yeah, I mean, mm. it's, it's, um, it's just, again, it's giving people the ability to say no or yes and yep. not be coerced into one thing or the other. You know, it is that spectrum yep. of coercivists versus voluntarists. And, I really don't understand why that's such a controversial thing to say. Like a lot of people, if you if you say I don't believe in left and right, like it's just a you know as Daz B says, it's um, two wings of the same binchuk, which I love. Um, you know, it's it's yeah, that's good. Coercivists and and voluntarists, and you either opt in or you're opt out, and it's no one's business uh, but your own uh, with regards mm. to what you what you do. Mm. Yeah. I think employment generally too has been industrialized and that's a result of fiat. Like it's inflation that does that basically. 
when inflation it, it it waters down the the quality of everything including employers <laughs> and cuz they have to they have to be watered down in order to um yeah to to survive it yeah you're right like fiat um well, it incentivizes all the wrong things, and that includes employment and employers and employees. Yeah, you know? um, and so it's probably yeah. a rare bird, actually, with 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 your cafe. Um, that yeah. that you, you know, if you can reduce churn in any business, like <laughs> that, it's such a pain in the ass to have to hire and, and rehire someone. You know, if you can just yeah. spend the minimum amount of time on that again. Yeah. having that treasury having having that that little bit of sound money in your back pocket to know that you can take a couple of risks but also be a little bit more deliberate in your decision making day to day yeah is is like yeah a revelation it's funny to yeah. me that no it's just one a, that. <laughs> yeah it's just lowering your time preference like when you can lower your time preference you can work slow, like you can work. You can be more selective about the people you employ rather than desperate. I've got to fill a barista shift tomorrow. Like yeah. <laughs> you can be actually, you know, I've got more. I've got time to build this up and build this up and build this up. And so, um, yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, I like like I said, I'm scratching the surface of, but I can see a Bitcoin world coming. And I can't wait for it. That's what I wish and long for is that kind of way where people get treated like they're people. <laughs> yeah. I've actually have a, have a theory that rather than um, sort of conscription, which I don't abide, but um, it should be firmly encouraged that everyone out of high school should do 12 months in either hospitality or some sort of service industry such that you see and interact, you know, whether it's hospitality or retail, something like that, where you just see the public mm. in their, in their, um, in their darkest moments. Full glory. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you think I'm your, your servant here, this is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm just clearing your plates, bro. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. What have you learned about the world um, since discovering Bitcoin? But more importantly, I guess, what have you learned about yourself as well? Um, definitely have learned more about myself uh, since discovering Bitcoin. And um, I think... Uh, that time, that, that low time preference gives you that ability. I think we've kind of really touched on that a lot in this um, recording so far. Um, yeah, like you, you need as a, as a human being to exist in this world. I, like I've said this before in, uh, in conversations um, with people, uh, I think I may have said it in another podcast before, but essentially in hunter and gatherer times, we would spend 80% of our time socializing and 20% of our time earning our keep, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, hunting and gathering. Um, and I, and we flipped that model with the industrial, uh, industrialized model. And it's just impossible when you're so busy, it's impossible to learn about yourself. And I think learning, learning about Bitcoin has just taught me to learn more about myself. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
Are there any particular things that you have surprised yourself with by learning, you know, about yourself? I mean, like, oh, that's cool. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I think like it's the time gives you, um, it gives you time to sort out like, uh, you know, some childhood traumas, um, some quirks and some toxic behaviors in my relationship with my family and my wife. Um, and it's like, you can observe it with, with time and space. You can observe it with more, well, you got critical awareness. You got time cause you got time to think cause you're not cramped. You got critical awareness. You can go, you know, I felt like I was in the right in that situation, but was I really? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think definitely has provided opportunities for healing as well for myself um emotionally and uh, mentally and so yeah provides space for humility i suppose and yeah um yeah reflection self-reflection yeah because you know, and bitcoiners uh, and, and i guess bitcoin but bitcoiners do demand better from anyone that they meet you know what i mean mm. like they hold themselves i generally find that bitcoiners hold themselves to a high level like a higher standard. And yep. so when you meet them, you're like, a lot of the time there's, there's you, you kind of know when you're meeting a Bitcoiner because there's like an un, un, uh, unwritten, I don't know. It's just a layer of integrity and authenticity to them. And mm. I think that's why scammers are so easy to spot sometimes because you yeah. just get this little off feeling about someone and you think, yeah, I don't know, there's something. And maybe you yeah. don't trust your gut as often as you ought to. But I've always found like seriously, um, in, in particularly in the last 12 months or so, um, with respect to meeting more and more Bitcoiners on this pod or, or elsewhere, is that there's just a level of integrity and authenticity to these people. And I yeah. just think about like imagine those people going out into the world Mm -hmm. with their economic charge and, yep. you know, acting in the world yep. with integrity, with authenticity, whether yep. in all of these failing and ailing institutions, I just think that's going to yep. be a cool place to be. And where it could be in isolated yep. pockets, in parallel economies um, at, at, at the beginning, but um, the fact that there's, there's Bitcoiners out there that are, like legitimately they, they, they've done the due diligence. They want to sort of contribute and change the world in their own little way. Um, but they're not appealing to, to, to authority and to, to levels of, you know, God or the church or the, or the yep. state or whatever to fix it. You know, if we, we just pay our tithing, we pay our taxes. It's like, we are the people that have to go out and do it, you know? And so it. Yeah. 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 Exciting times, man. I'm I'm super excited to live in those times more and more and more. <laughs> well, I want to touch on on some of that just to just as to, to, as just to extrapolate. If 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 you'll allow me, on the Two Bit Idiots yeah. pod, you mentioned that you had a bit of a grand vision in and around yeah. Orange Pilling your community, and you're starting that journey with your cafe. Yeah. Um. And it and it it goes like to like wild lengths <laughs> where you literally want to burn garbage <laughs> and mine Bitcoin. <laughs> So the, yeah, so uh, so um, yeah, like obviously the when you get orange pilled, you start to think how you can orange pill others, and um, 
a lot of echoes to being a Christian. So I've got to like deal with some of the PTSD that, that <laughs> you know, the evangelism of, of that. But um, the thing that's happened for me, I was like, okay, I've got to start educating people about Bitcoin or I need to get people onto Bitcoin. How do I do that? And, uh, you know, um, well, I could tell them about it, but then you tell people about Bitcoin, you can't really a conversation it needs to be multiple conversations it means to be over a long long time and then like well then listen to this podcast and if they've got no incentive to listen to that podcast and so really my understanding of people changing it's usually when they come into contact with other people um in real and meaningful ways and so i'm trying to think about um how i can use what i have in my hands to educate people about bitcoin so have a cafe i have a deli they transact in fiat maybe they should transact in something <laughs> that's better than fiat and so uh started accepting bitcoin i just wanted to do that but then i'm like that's not going to be enough um and so um yeah i well i i guess the first thing was i was like i, I started learning about bitcoin mining and i'm like i wonder if i could mine bitcoin uh i wonder if I wonder if there's anywhere on the coast or where I live uh, that 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 mines Bitcoin. And then I discovered that our local tip actually um, captures methane and then turns it into energy and sells it back to the grid. And like the lights just went off in my head. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, wow, they need to be capturing that methane and turning that into Bitcoin. And um but I can't just walk into the council offices and say, you know, so what's in my hand? I have a cafe. I accept Bitcoin at the cafe. If I can start to orange pill businesses and people around me, then um, then hopefully I can attract enough attention from the council and then it starts to lead me in. So first step is accepting Bitcoin at the cafe. And second step is, well, and, and I'm about to roll out a 10% discount for anyone. So at the moment we're accepting Bitcoin and Bitcoin is where someone put us on B2C maps and um, people are coming and buying. We do um, coffees from 6am to 12pm, uh, coffees and um, bacon egg rolls and all that kind of um, stuff for cafes but then on fridays and saturdays we do burgers fried uh fried chicken burgers and and wakey beef burgers Oof. and people come out lots of bitcoin has come out for the burgers man they come out for the burgers <laughs> um so um yeah people come out for that um but i'm gonna roll out 10 percent discount and the 10 percent discount is really uh to peak because like okay i get People come up to the counter and they're going, oh, you accept Bitcoin. Oh, that's interesting. And that's where the conversation that's stops. That's cute. That's cute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I'm like 10% off, if you pay with Bitcoin, um, then I feel like I can open the conversation more. And I'm like, okay, well, what's Bitcoin? Because I want 10% off. And, um, and I, can, I know that I can absorb 10% off because I've got a, long, a low time preference. So... Um, so then that will be, okay, we're doing a Bitcoin information night. Come along next door in our deli. We've decked all out. We've got chairs in there. We're going to do. And, and so then I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do an information night. I can't do this on my own. I need to draw out Bitcoiners from the community. So I started a Bitcoin meetup <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that I could draw Bitcoiners out of our community. And, and fortunately we've got a bunch of guys, um, who and, and ladies who are so keen to help educate our community about Bitcoin. Um, and so then the goal will be to start doing education nights um, 
where people can come along for free and learn about Bitcoin. It'll start with what is money <laughs> um, and then then go down the road of what is Bitcoin. And it'll be in an environment that is easy for people to ask questions, um, which I think is often the case. Sometimes the Bitcoin space is too big and scary to just even dip, dip your toe in the water for someone who knows nothing about it. And I, I want to provide a platform for people to do that. So then I, if that attracts enough attention, then hopefully my goal is to start attracting local businesses in our area. My goal is really to, I want to onboard a hundred businesses on the central coast um, to accept Bitcoin. And I feel like if I can get to a hundred businesses, then the council can't ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. And like, it's a fucking grand vision. It, it's, it's scary to say it out loud. Um let alone on a podcast that gets broadcast to more more listeners. But it's also an accountability thing too. But I'm just going to eat this elephant one bite at a time. Like I believe in the vision and the mission so powerfully um, that I'm just going to keep chipping away at it. Like uh, it's something the world needs. And um, the world is my world and my world uh, is my community. And so that's where I start. I don't understand how anyone listening to that could think that Bitcoiners are anything but just caring, loving, generous, motivated, enthusiastic people that yeah. want to do, like, it just blows my mind that you could write it off having listened to that. This is like, yeah. there's, a, there's a long play. There's a few steps and... What do they say? Like, you know, journey of a thousand steps starts with one or whatever. But like it's yep. um, just the fact that you've kind of stepped through that. Okay, so in order to mine Bitcoin at the local tip, I'm going to have to start accepting Bitcoin at my cafe. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. just <laughs> rad. It's just very cool. And then and just creating that, I mean, because you're effectively applying the individual bitcoiner onto a sort of like a business skin where you know um i like this thing from valis john valis episode nine seven I'm not sure you'll have to go back check the tapes i'm not like stefan lavero i can just remember the episode <laughs> and the guest um but he said that you know you, the best way to orange pill someone is just be an impressive individual you know in whatever mm. capacity that is just just be true, straight, authentic, with integrity, you know, be in the world with those sorts of attributes. And I can imagine that if um, your cafe, Delhi, et cetera, goes through um, these things and, and is becoming successful in an impressive case of, of, of good entrepreneurship and, and business acumen, that, um, yeah, th there's no reason why other businesses wouldn't turn their heads and be like, what are you doing? What's the secret sauce here? How, how, are, you, hmm. how are you doing this? And then it's yep. a question of scale and time, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and like I, I think I've heard you say, uh, you, said, um, you must have said it with Wicked, I think. You said like total addressable market is huge. <laughs> so like it's not like I'm competing with a whole bunch of people, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, man, you got you know, first mover advantage. I can bumble my way through this and still have some resemblance of success at achieving something. So that's yeah. so rad. So then I guess the, the penultimate question, um, how do you explain Bitcoin? 
So you you know, do you, I guess you do that reasonably frequently at the cafe, perhaps. Yep. Oh, look, if anybody gives me half a moment to talk about Bitcoin, <laughs> my my employees gr- almost groan at the roll their eyes. Oh, <laughs> here he goes about Bitcoin. Yeah, here he goes about Bitcoin again. Um, but if someone gives me half a moment, I'm talking about Bitcoin because you know I can't help it. It's yeah. <laughs> um, for how do I explain Bitcoin? It's hard because where do you start? There's so many different angles. Um, I try and suss out where people are at uh, and where their understanding is. Um, so it could be from an economic perspective. It could be like one of the things that I use all the time, like America is just about to pay a trillion dollars in interest. Do you know what a trillion dollars is? A trillion dollars is a dollar a second for 32,000 years. So th- they are paying that in interest. Like that's money just going poof, that's 32,000 years gone. Like that's, that's, that's yeah. how many generations is that? You yeah. know, it's an, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So like that's, that's usually a good way to start a conversation for me about Bitcoin, but then other times it might be about time, like, you know, free time, you know, like we, we have an inflationary model and that inflationary model constantly eats more and more of your time. Ever noticed how it used to be one working parent. Now it's two working parents. And even that's not enough to, um, and I'm like, what we need is a deflationary model, not an inflationary model. And Bitcoin solves that problem. Um, so that sometimes is another angle that I take. Um, just depends on the person, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 just explaining Bitcoin, um, is, is like a, it depends on the audience, I guess, is there. Yeah, the you right can't way. like Charlie Day and just be like, yeah. well, what is money and this, that, and the other and all the rest? Yeah. It's, it, you just come across as insane. I, yeah. I've taken to um, uh, whenever I'm interacting uh, in a shop, buying something, um, just remarking casually, casually as you like, just remarking um, at the price of something, you know, and just being like, oh, man. Things are getting more expensive, and I just sort of just say it as an offhand thing, and then see how the the, mm. the clerk or whatever just reacts, you know. And then yeah. um, they might say something, and you're like, "Yeah, like I mean, you, you know, two hundred bucks, you get like a bag of groceries nowadays." And they're, and they're like, mm. "Oh, I know." And then you just insert that into their brain without even mentioning Bitcoin. Just yeah. And then if 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 they allow me, like for you know whatever their their actions are like i'll um i'll say yeah it's just weird that we like earn this money that just loses its value over time it just makes no sense to me mm. and then just you know yep. collect my bags and disappear <laughs> and maybe yep. the seed is planted i don't know i don't know how effective it is. did you did you did you ever buy lollies at the milk bar when you were a kid oh like, man you used dude. to get the mixed bag of lollies of course i i, I huh. a lollipop the other day chup a chup was a dollar ten yeah a <laughs> dollar ten. I had a dollar. I remember in my you could pocket. get them for ten. I can remember you can get them for ten cents when yeah. I was younger. And they were bigger, right? Yeah. And they were bigger. Yeah, they were yeah, the little this tiny. This was one ones, of the yeah. instances actually. Like I bought this this lollipop, and uh, it was a dollar ten. I was like a dollar ten. Like I've got a dollar in yeah. my pocket, but you want to you want to fumble around for ten cents, like. And she, yeah. she's just like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like it's expensive. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember going to high school and, and a mixed bag of lollies that I used to buy as a kid was like 10 cents or 20 cents. And I remember it was like, by the time I got to high school, it was like a dollar. 
And I was like, what? How does that get more expensive? Like, is this just an, like, and I think I probably at a very subconscious level just went, oh, that's just the way of things. And I think that's yeah. probably what a lot of people do. Like, this is just the way things go. But if you're listening to this, it's not the fucking way things go. <laughs> it is carefully orchestrated and it is your time stolen. <laughs> not, not even close is it the way things go. Exactly. You know, yeah. like it, it's nuts. There's um, I saw a uh, um, on Twitter. There's a Mises um, like a Mises bot, and uh, it tweeted oh, awesome. out something the other day. Oh, I'm gonna see if I can find it because it was a really cool quote. Um, here it is. The most important thing to remember. This is from uh, Human Action. Uh, by Ludwig von Mises, the most important thing to remember is that inflation is not an act of God, that inflation is a catastrophe. Sorry, that inflation is not a catastrophe of the elements or a disease that comes like the plague. Inflation is a policy. Mm. Like, you know, we're all literally just spending time and energy, scarce time, finite energy, working for money that is purposefully, intentionally, designed to lose value over time crazy to me and then you just yeah yeah, as you said you just go oh i guess that's just how things go two dollars for fuel we don't think you don't think about the next steps of that you don't think that that's going to affect as just a normal person going about their life you don't think oh that's going to degrade the health system that's going to degrade the education system that's going to degrade the quality of uh, any kind of service that I'm involved, that's not going to degrade the quality of my employment. Like, uh, and so most people don't think the next steps after that. And so I think that's the problem that we're actually dealing with um, when it's educating people about what inflation is and what money is and how, how it works in a uh, Keynesian system. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a task, man. Well, listen, yep. Thank you so much for spending your scarce time, finite energy, telling us the tale of how you discovered Bitcoin. It's been a long time coming. I've been trying to get you on the pod for um, a long while now, but I'm glad we finally got it done, man. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh,